0: Hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information including service times and directions or to find out more about us you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So go ahead and turn to 1 Thessalonians 2.13. This is not what I'm talking about. It's kind of like a pre-scripture before we jump into it, but I read this this week, and I loved it. I'm like, I'm going to read this before I get started. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, You welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. The word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Let's make sure we purpose tonight to welcome the word. Let's welcome it, like open arms kind of a welcome. Receive it. When you do that, it will effectively work in you who believe. Amen. All right. Go ahead and turn to Acts 6. So what I'm talking about tonight, I was going to talk about this three or four weeks ago. I talked about the flow of God, how God had talked to me in prayer about how one accord and unity, when we come in here together, loving one another, no division, no strife. These are things that we need to not have an order. He had said to me, there's an ease to the flow of the move of God. When you come in here with that attitude of, you know what? We're going to put everything aside. We're going to put God first. We're going to do this in one accord. Amen? So we talked about that. I talked about walking in love naturally for a couple of weeks. And then I was going to talk about forgiveness because it just naturally goes hand in hand with walking in love. And the Lord had me veer off, of course, just a little bit, off, off in a different direction. We talked about shutting the door. Shut the front door was the title of that one. Shutting the door to the enemy. Then we talked a little bit about purpose because it was in connection with vision. Pastor Greg's been talking about vision. Then we talked about last two weeks ago, Uh, having your mind stayed on the Lord. Amen. So this week, I'm going to jump into forgiveness. And buddy, forgiveness and walking in love, they are best friends, (laughs) super partners, best friends. They go hand in hand. And, you know, like I said, when I talked about walking in love, I said, this is not a teaching that you want to just get up and run around and shout, but it is a teaching. (laughs) It's the word that can completely transform your lives, completely, when you do these things. Amen? So are you guys in Acts 6? So forgiveness allows or releases the power of God to continue to flow. And we're going to look at the example of Stephen and Paul. Let's see if I'm in the right spot. Now I had it all set up, and now it's not there. All right, six, five. Okay. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, And Philip and a bunch of the names I can't pronounce. I'll let pastor, founding pastor. Oh, somebody's phone's ringing. I'll let him say all those names because he would know them, I'm sure. But I am not good at those names. Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freed men, disputing with Stephen. So they rose up and got angry with him. And they were not able to Now this is interesting. They were upset with what he was saying, but they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. It got their attention enough that they got pretty riled up. They realized, this guy's got some power that we don't have, and we need him to be gone. And they stirred up the people, the elders, the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council. They also set up a false witness who said, This man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place, they're twisting his words, and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council, looked steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of an angel. They experienced a move of God in this young man. And they were angry. Can you imagine? He's so excited. He's full. They said he's full of faith. He's full of power. And he's spreading the gospel. Can you imagine how he felt? Now go down to 651. So the high priest says to him, before you get there, he says, Are these things so? The things that Stephen was saying. And I don't think he was like, Are these things really so? Like, he's excited to hear the word. He's like, is this really so? I think he kind of had an attitude. And so then Stephen goes and basically gives him the Cliff Notes version of the Old Testament. He goes from Abraham to Moses. He goes on down. He just, he lays it out there really, really well. So go to 651, and I'm scrolling down. I'm sorry, did I say? Okay, go to Acts 651. wait, what? Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, I wrote it down on here wrong. Sorry, you guys are awesome. You found it before I did. Is it the part where he's basically getting angry with them? Yes, perfect. So he tells them all these things and then he starts to get riled up. He says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, and I mean, he's really ripping on them. You, he's super frustrated. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Now, Stephen was super frustrated, but he walked it out. Now, remember what we said walking it out was? We talked about walking in love and how it's a walk in love. It's something you do. It's not something you always feel. Most of the time you don't. But when you walk it out, that's where the blessing is. So, Stephen, I'm going to prove to you that he walked it out. Now, he didn't feel like it. He was really irritated at their response, but he still uh, forgave them. So, turn to 8 1. All right. And actually, I'm going to read a little bit ahead of that. So, when they heard these things that Stephen was saying, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed at him with their teeth, but he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He's probably making them more angry. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears. I mean, they're just super crazy angry right now. They ran at him with one accord. They were all together in this. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Do you know who Saul was? He, was? he became Paul later. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice. They heard this. I personally... I can't prove it, but I believe that Paul heard this. Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Paul was there. Paul was there. Forgiveness releases the power of God. It has that ability. It releases and keeps the flow of God moving. When you don't, you clog the pipes just to make it real straight and plain. You clog it up. And nobody wants that. Nobody. We want God to be able to move always, always, always. We don't want anything to be in the way ever. And it doesn't matter how we feel. We've got to put the power of God above how we feel. Amen? Far above. You remember last week or a couple of weeks ago, I said, what if you treated gossip like it was murder? Would you still do it? Right. Good. Let's do the same thing here. Let's treat unforgiveness as if it's murder. How willing are you to cross that line and step into that place? Not as willing, amen? Paul was there. Look what he became. I believe, you know, one last act for Stephen His life was cut short. But what power, because he's like, you know what? I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to do exactly what God wants, even in this horrific situation. And look what we got after this. We got Paul. And I believe it's because the power of God was allowed to continue to flow. Amen? So was it worth it? It was worth it. It was worth it for him. So turn to John twenty twenty three, and I'm going to have to actually go pretty quick. So, you know, when I was a little kid, I was in fourth grade, and we had moved from Virginia, we had moved across the border from the south to the north, and when you live in the south, you have a pretty heavy accent when you live in West Virginia, Virginia area. And so I moved up north. Everyone kind of spoke different. I was the hillbilly. (laughs) I got so bullied, like, big time. And it's okay. You can laugh. I'm fine. I survived. I got treated awful. And to make things worse... The school that I was in up north was more in, near the city, and their education was, they were well advanced compared to where I was at. They probably should have just held me back. And so it was a really bad situation, and I had no friends, none, but I knew God. And I knew a little bit of his word, and I knew that you should bless your enemies. I knew to walk in love. I had heard just enough. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this into action. I knew nothing about faith, nothing. I'm like, I'm going to put this into action. So the, when you're in fourth grade, things that are a big deal, well, it may be a different story now, but when I was in fourth grade, it's, it's so dumb. Being the first person in line, like when, they, when the teacher says, okay, let's line up to go to lunch. Being the first person in line is like a huge deal because you, you're the first person You know, to eat, you're the first person to the playground, whatever it is. It's just, it was dumb. But anyway, it was a super big deal to us. And so I'm like, I got no friends. And there's this group of girls that are always making fun of me. And they're so mean. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I one thing I can do, I'm way faster than everyone else. I, had a, it was, I used the one thing I had. I was ugly, I was pimply, <laughs> I, was, I was stupid in their eyes. <laughs> I had a hillbilly accent, but I was fast,
1: and I'm like,
0: I can get to the front of that line and beat everybody, and I used to do it, and then it would make them even more mad. You know, so this time I'm like, okay. When the teacher turns around, I'm going to invite the four girls that are so mean. I'm going to have them come up, and I'm going to let them in front of me. So sure enough, I was like, come here. I'll let you be in front of me. And they're like, okay. You know, and they're going to take me up on it. And so they did, and they turned around, and they still made fun of me. So I did it, like, the next day, and I did it the next day. They started talking to me like I was a normal person. (laughs) They started treating me like I was a human being. I gained some friends. I got some friends that way. I actually learned and put the word into action and saw it work and saw God move through me in a situation, I was so excited. I mean I had friends, they completely changed their attitude. I had friends to go sleep over to their house or to go trick-or-treating with. It changed everything. It was such a silly, stupid thing. But what I could have done was just be mad at them and just be angry and would would have had would have ended up having friends. I know they don't sound like the greatest friends to have. <laughs> But when you're desperate, it's what I needed at that moment in my life. So anyway, I didn't clog the pipes because I didn't hold it against them. And I did what I knew to do, and it worked. So turn to John 20, 23. You guys are already there. So if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Forgiveness sets someone else free to change and 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 it turn in turn it frees us. It is a win-win-win situation. God knows what he's talking about. He knows. He always has the perfect plan. It might not feel good when you do it, but the results feel good. They really do. So, you know, we've been forgiven a massive debt, a massive debt. Like, think U.S. debt numbers versus, you know, that's what we, if it weren't for the blood of Jesus, <laughs> the debt that we would have to pay would be huge, huge. Think of that. Versus when someone owes you five dollars, that's nothing, and you get upset about it. Think about what you would owe if it were not for the blood of Jesus. Turn to James one twenty. Listen, forgiveness can open the door to God, and it can open the door for God to move in every single area of your life it's huge it is huge you know and sometimes we get frustrated and we refuse to release forgiveness because we're actually right or what happened to us was real and you know what james 120 for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of god we still have to do it god's way we still have to release forgiveness. Even if it was 100% something that was done wrong or something that was done wrong to you when you were a child, God has given us the ability to forgive, and we have to do it. It's, we do everything by faith, everything, including this. Amen? So let's look at some examples of people that refused to release forgiveness or didn't want to. Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how, shall, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? I think Peter was like, you know, <laughs> something had happened. Probably he was annoyed with one of the disciples because they were spending a whole lot of time together. can almost guarantee He's like, really? Like, what, how is he going to answer this? And Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven, but up to 70 times seven. And I can just see Peter's face. Like, <laughs> for real? Do I really have to do this? Turn to Matthew eighteen twenty-three. And so we have a really good example here of what it's like when, there, when you don't forgive. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he'd begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. Now, I looked up ten thousand talents, and there's a little bit of variation on what that would be today. Uh, so I don't know exactly, but one, of, one, several different things said it was almost three billion dollars. All right, but he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, said, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out. He left there. He got forgiven a massive debt. And what did he do? He left there, found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 denarii. That's like $5,800, roughly. He found this guy who owed him nothing near what he owed the other master. He laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down his feet, begged him saying, have patience with me, I will pay. He said the same thing. And he saw, he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Now, how's the guy going to pay the debt in prison? It's not even going to happen. So when the fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. So they told on him. Then his master, after he called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you. He forgave him that huge debt. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Pay attention to that word, tortures. So my heavenly Father also will do to you, do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Jesus was very clear on what we're supposed to do. Very, very clear. Amen. So what are the tortures? I talked about this a few years ago in our, our ladies' retreat. What he was delivered to the tortures. What are the tortures when you do not forgive? It's regret, it's fear, self-loathing, depression, anxiety. These are the tortures. that's going to, you open that door and say, enemy, come on in and rob me of the good things God has given me. You're just leaving the door open. And he's going to take, 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 take. Because he's like, I got you. You aren't doing the word. And the power is not there to stop me. And you're not stopping me. So it's not worth it. It's never, never, never worth it. Listen. Forgiveness can be hard. It can be hard. Choose your heart. What's hard? Forgiving someone and making that adjustment in your heart, or not forgiving, than living in fear, living with regret, living with the things the enemy's attacking you over. That's a lot harder. It's way harder. That's the hard life. That's the hard life. So if it's, if it's hard, like you say, well, you choose which one you want. You know God's given us free choice. We get to choose. He's never going to make you do it. He's never going to make you choose his word. He's given us free choice in all things. But there's such blessing, such tremendous blessing. And like I said earlier, We keep the power of God. We keep the flow of God. We keep the plan of God. Everything keeps flowing when we just, okay, it's hard and it hurts and it's difficult to take that step and say, you know what? I'm going to control my emotions and I am going to forgive this person and I'm going to treat them like I... Never had a bad thought towards them ever. I'm going to do that. And the blessings that God has for us when we do this is tremendous. So keep perspective. Always keep perspective. And remember, you owed God a massive debt, a massive debt that you could never repay. You can forgive someone who owes you something. You can. So forgiveness is a choice. Turn to Ephesians 5, 1. So we weren't designed. You know, God didn't make us not to forgive. He did not design us. He designed us to be like him. He designed us to be vessels that are filled with the glory of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. He designed us for that. He didn't design us to be filled with unforgiveness he didn't design us to, uh, to live with regret. He didn't design us to do that. We cannot contain those things. It's not good for us. Amen? So listen, and are you at Ephesians 5? one? Actually, you are, and I am not. <laughs> you guys are way ahead of me. Actually, you can put it on screen. I'm still getting used to that. Okay, there we go. That's awesome. So forgiveness, it can sound really hard. It's it's only hard if you start thinking about what it is that you're struggling to forgive. So if you don't focus on that, so what do you do every morning when you get up? You get up, you take one foot, the other foot... (laughs) And you put them down on off the bed, and let's just say everyone puts pants on. Not everyone, you know, whatever. Whatever you're going to wear for that day, maybe you put on your robe, it could be the same thing. But you put one foot in one pant and one foot in the other, and you pull those pants on. Did you think a whole lot about it? No. You just do it. You just do it because you have to. <laughs> You have to. You don't want to scare your children <laughs> you don't, or whoever else is living in your house. You just do it. You don't think about it. Forgiveness can be the same way. Treat it like something that just has to be done. Just make that line in the sand right now and say, I have to do this, and I'm going to do it, and I'm not going to think about it. If you sit there and you think and you let it mull over in your mind of, you know, all the ifs, ands, and buts about what happened and why, and the devil's just going to toy with your emotions because he's trying to pull you away from that line in the sand that you've drawn. He doesn't want you to put the pants on. (laughs) He doesn't want you to be that amazing and skilled with it. You just do it, and you don't even think about it. You just get it done. So God has chosen, one of the things that is so cool to me is that God has chosen to forgive and forget us. There's that scripture um, as far as the east is from the west. He chose to forgive us. He chose. You know, if he wanted to remember, he could. He's God. But he has actively chosen. And the cool thing is God never asks us to do something that he hasn't done. He hasn't demonstrated through Jesus when he was here. He hasn't given us the ability to do and to accomplish. God's so good. He's so faithful. He's never going to ask you to do something that he hasn't done. And so I want to finish out, bring that scripture back up. Ephesians 5, one, be imitators of God as dear children. Imitate God, because God has done this for us. Amen? At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.